Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Culture Ops Podcast. So it's likely that whatever a post-COVID-19 working world looks like, there will be a whole load more remote work. And I imagine that we're going to be moving around a whole lot less. So what does that mean for those of us that are thinking about hiring or planning to start hiring? Are the days of face-to-face interviews over? Is video what we'll end up leaning on? How do we hire if we can't meet in person? And to unpack that topic with me today, I'd like to welcome Phil Blades, founder and co-CEO of Talentful. Hey, Phil. How you doing? Hey, Ben. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're welcome. It's, uh, it's, it's great, to have, uh, great to have you on the show. Um, just tell us quickly, how's, how's the last three months been, uh, been for you guys at Talentful? It's definitely been the most interesting three months of the preceding five years of being in business. But yeah, I mean, to, to a lot of extent, it's been quite interesting. Um, you know, I think that anything challenging is interesting. So, you know, we've really done a root and branch uh, look at everything that we, we do as a company and you know, we've had a bit of time to pause and think about stuff. So yeah, actually, it's been quite positive and, you know, the way that the team have really pulled through it has been Totally amazing. So, yeah, it's been generally pretty good. And I've loved being at home as well. I have really loved being at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there is something about really challenging scenarios that sometimes can really bring out the best in people, right? And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool when those experiences happen. So, um, there may be people listening who uh, maybe haven't come across Talentful. Um, so, give us, give us the elevator pitch. Give us the explanation. Give us some of the, some of the thesis behind what you, what you do. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Talentful is a global talent consultancy for fast-growing tech businesses. Um, so we started the business about five years ago. Um, Chris and I were working in uh, tech companies like Shazam, Audible, MindCandy, as in-house recruiters, as contractors. Um, and then we built a business around the concept that recruitment shouldn't be done using bonuses and commission and should be based on a subscription model. Uh, and so now we put in-house talent teams into companies like Google DeepMind, Depop, and King uh, across London, Berlin, San Francisco, and Boston. Amazing. And, and um, you know, just give us, I guess, a snapshot of, of you know, what the talent market is, is, is doing at the moment. I imagine there are some companies that have been able to weather the storm and continue, continue to hire, but on the most part, it's been, it's been a pretty challenging job market out there. Yeah, I mean, I, the reactions to it have been quite polarized, I guess, really. You know, some of our companies, like portfolio companies, are going absolutely gangbusters at the moment, taking the opportunity to over up brilliant people uh, while everyone else is not doing that. Um, some obviously have been affected deeply by it. Um, and others are, you know, I think most of the companies that we work with, which, you know, is across the full spectrum of sizes in the talent uh, industry, uh, sorry, tech industry, um, are in, in a fine place, but just kind of hanging hanging on a little bit and just seeing what the market does, just being prudent. And that also makes a lot of sense as well. So, yeah, it really depends. It, there's a vast range of reactions, I guess, really, this uh, incident. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, you know, I guess let's start 
start at the beginning. How how do you think the way in which we hire for talent is going to change as we start to come out the other side of this? And I I want to be clear that I think there's maybe two pockets of conversation. There is this transitional period, sort of the the three six months. Um, post-COVID and then maybe there are going to be some longer term for sure there are going to be some longer term changes to, to, to our behavior so but as we cut the other side in that kind of transitional period where you know we're not at the peak of lockdown and things are starting to turn return to some semblance of normality you know what is the behavior that you're predicting when it comes to hiring that's going to sort of change the most yeah so I think obviously that there is going to be huge change but I do think, and I'm quite a positive person, that I think a lot of the change will be positive. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, I think a lot of other companies have been spending time just taking stock of where they are, what they're doing, why are we doing this thing? Is this the right thing to do? And I think that's been, I think that's going to be a really positive step. So it might mean that people hire more or less or different, and uh, that will depend on the company themselves. I think, as you mentioned earlier, you know, people are going to be working from home a lot more. I think that is almost certainly true across the whole tech industry. And I think people are going to be more selective about the face-to-face contact they have. Um, you know, obviously video technology has increased in every part of our lives. You know, everyone's a Zoom pub quiz expert now. Um, and um, no one's getting sick of it, of course. Um, and we, you know, we've, we've been doing a lot more webinars and virtual events um, for our demand gen activity. And I can see that happening a lot more. Um, you know, I think I can see that. Well, I, I, my gut feel is that Early stage interviews will probably stay largely on video um, to the point of people not necessarily wanting to commit to face-to-face um, interviews right now. And that, that'll certainly run, I think, until the end of this calendar year. Um, but potentially it might go to the future as well. I think a lot of what a first interview is about can be covered on video, just getting into the depths of what that person actually does and what they've done before, how they've done it, I think can be covered on video. Um, you know, I think there's probably two two main things that I see will change. So how we interview talent and who we hire. Um, so you know, traditionally interviews have obviously been this in-person thing um, and that video has been the poor relation. But you know, actually it's kind of a democratisation really that you know, a lot of people don't like interviews and aren't good in interview sit- so face-to-face interview situations and find that very stressful. But that doesn't actually mean that they will be not the right person for the role. So in some sense, it's actually creating fairness to the process. Um, so that's quite nice. And also, you know, in lots of other ways as well, if people live a long way away or have different needs, different caring needs, for example, coming out for an interview is a difficult thing to do. Um, so hopefully there's democratization there, some kind of you know, positivity. Um, you know, ultimately, people are going to get a lot, have to get a lot more comfortable about making decisions on video because it's going to happen. If, you, if, you, if you're going to hire before the end of the year, a lot of that is going to be done on video, I think. Are you noticing that uh, candidates that are coming to you, are they have a different perspective on what they're looking for from that kind of employer um, sort of value proposition? Are, there, are they coming to you and saying, you know, it's, they've got to be a remote first company or, you know, they've got to have a really, really, really flexible working from home policy? Are you seeing that shift in, in I guess, demand from the candidate perspective? Yeah, I think so. Um, probably not full demand on like, a fully remote job, but I definitely think flexibility is, is, is a huge thing. I mean, to be honest, it was, it was already a big topic before this even happened. But I think now 
you know, a lot of companies have gone fully remote. Most companies have gone fully remote. So um, it's been proven that it can work. So therefore, now there's less argument for companies to say, well, we can't do it like that because we've never done it because everyone's just gone through it. So and I, I think we're definitely seeing a lot of the companies that weren't either fully remote or even did any, doing any flexibility before this, um, definitely moving more towards that direction. And I think that will become a bit of a standard. I think we won't. I think if companies don't offer it, there will be they'll struggle to hire the, the top people. Super interesting. So you mentioned, you know, the the two big conclusions that you've got in your head from all of this is that it's going to change how we hire, and and you know, video is going to be a theme of that. And I'd love to dig into that uh, in a bit. But the, the second point you made was. It's going to change who we hire. I think that's the one that I'm that I'm that I'm really interested in. We had a previous guest uh, on on the show, um, Charlotte, and we were talking about is the team that you need post all of this different than maybe the team you went into all of this with? Uh, you know, rem- remote work or more flexible work requires a different mentality, requires different behaviours. So how, how do you see that, that change in who we're going to be considering hiring? Yeah, it's something I've been thinking a lot about, actually. I've been mean, right from the start and trying to, like from the start, I've obviously been trying to predict what's going to happen because ultimately that's the kind of job of a CEO really is to predict the future and try and bring the company in that direction. Um, I mean, I think the things that have worked really well for us during this period have been the fact that, one, we have a very, very cohesive senior team that have worked together for quite a while but all share very strong, similar values. So therefore, it's quite easy to work as a team when remote because we sort of we are very aligned in general. And I think so therefore, matching that together when interviewing or when hiring people, I think is going to be really key to make sure that, I think almost the, the team cohesion itself is more important than the having the kind of the rock star hire. It's actually how the group works together in the, the multiplier of the people, I think it's going to be really important. So um, hopefully it means that, again, that uh, works. It's, again, more of a democratization of it rather than, okay, I, I need someone from Facebook or from Google. It's like, I need someone for that gap that really complements all the people that, are, that they have to interact with. Um, and it's something that we've been banging the drum for on for a while, really, um, with, our, with our platform and just generally what we do. Um, so I think that will come to the fore a lot more. Um, I mean, I guess the thing I'm worried about a little bit, I guess, would be that, well, one, I think having, if, if companies have had a tough time through this period, maybe because their team have not pulled together very well, or maybe their team are quite inexperienced, they might then default to hiring more senior people for senior roles in the future, which I think is a positive thing for that cohort of people. But the, the cohort that I worry about really are the kind of coming to like maybe people in their first jobs or people that are about to take their first jobs that whether companies in this new world will spend, will be able to hire graduates and be able to um, invest a lot of time in them because maybe, you know, I think it's difficult to bring graduates on if you're a remote company. I don't think there's many examples of that working well. Um, so that's a conundrum that people are going to have to tackle. I think, you know, resilience and similar traits, I think are going to be very important because while we may be through the first sort of period of this COVID crisis, maybe this is only the first part of it and maybe there's more to come. So there's going to be ups and downs and if there's going to be a recession, you know, that's also going to come with some 
challenges across a business. So resilience and sort of ability to deal with change as traits, I think, are going to be very important um, for hiring in general. Um, people that can work together in a team, again, very, very important now. Always have been important, but I think even more so. I think the the sort of days of the, the, of the difficult rock star hire, I don't think that really works in this new world. Um, but again, I think people have been trying to not hire those type of people anyway. You know, you mentioned that maybe less opportunities for people who are moving into their first job or, you know, that, that bridge between their kind of first and second, but early on in their careers. What, you know, there's a bunch of small business owners listening to this. What's the argument to them that actually they should take a chance on some of those uh, less experienced um, grads or, or people looking for their for their first role within a maybe a technology business or a high growth business? What's what's the argument? I mean, I, 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 I mean, we, we hire a lot of graduates um, at Telefall, and the reason why we do it and the reason why we'll keep doing it is because um, if you have, can invest in L and D, you can really train people to exactly what how you need them to be. And exactly the worldview, the, the way that you see things and the best practice. So I think that is more difficult to do if people have got you know, two, three years experience, some preconceived ideas about what good looks like. So that's why we do it, mainly, mainly because there isn't really another business that does similar things to us. But I think broadly, it's, uh, it's good. And I think the enthusiasm, and I think, I mean, I don't necessarily like to stereotype people by millennial, Gen Z, but I do think that some of the, the newer, um, employees that we have have a very a really amazing work ethic actually um, and I think we, we get a lot out of them a lot of great ideas and a lot of good solid common sense thinking which maybe we might not have got before so I think there's a lot to be gained from from bringing people through almost every year so I think you're bringing new ideas into the business and I think if you, especially if you're trying to reinvent a market then having fresh ideas coming in all the time that don't come from competitors I think is a really really powerful thing to to do yeah and and maybe I guess there's the kind of the other side of the coin which is that uh, a workforce that are more impressionable do we do we run the risk of not building a diverse uh, and differentiated team you know i guess where where do you where do you sit on striking that balance yeah absolutely i mean i think we, we try and uh, build a diverse team at every level um in the business but yeah it does certainly gives you the opportunity to do it because you've got a much wider pool to, to choose from because none of them have the skills that you need that's your job to train them but what you're looking for is just raw ability passion enthusiasm uh, for the most part so i think it's much easier to find that when you don't have to in the sort of the Venn diagram of hiring. You don't have to think about the actual experience or the market knowledge. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good way of doing that for sure. So, how we hire is going to change, and, and you talked about you know video technology, and that's not something that's new. You know, that is something that um, people within the industries that you and I both sit in have been talking about um, uh, for a long time. It's become more popular. It's become um, more more relevant at different stages of the interview process. You, you made the comment, people are going to have to get comfortable with making decisions via video. What do you think holds people back from making decisions via video? 
I think it's I think it's just a learned behaviour to, to an extent. I think it's just the way that people have always done it. Um, I think there's some kind of inherent human traits as well, probably you know, sort of passed down through decades and decades of uh, evolution uh, that I guess people maybe inherently trust their gut feel and their sort of their ability to discern someone's personality in person through people's body language or their micro expressions or whatever it might be and so therefore and, and you know there's always been lots and lots of talk about unconscious bias in, in recruitment and all that kind of stuff that ultimately I think people do trust their gut it's not good and it's not the way it should be but um, yeah I, th- I think people do trust their gut I, I think that's the reason why um, it's not particularly rational and I think there are things that you can do to um, you know sort of fight against it really I think it's by, by having a very structured interview process that you, know, you sort of get together with your hiring committee before you hire, make sure that you all first fundamentally understand who and what is it that you're hiring, like what are the most important things, what are the nice-to-haves, writing down the questions, the good answers, the bad answers, really trying to, by doing all that work up front, then enables, I think, you to make more objective decisions when it comes down to it. And therefore, it kind of takes the... Is it a video or is it an in-person interview out of it? It kind of becomes irrelevant. Um, I think people should be doing that anyway, but I know that most don't. Um, but that's what we would advocate for as our sort of best practice. Um, but yeah, it's I can I can imagine it is hard to do. I mean, even we, you know, we, we've hired a finance director during this uh, lockdown period. He's been working for us for two months. I've actually never met him in person, even though he lives in Hertfordshire. Um, and we had to just get comfortable with that. And we knew that we needed the role. We had an opportunity to hire someone who was brilliant. And um, it's worked out. You know, maybe we're more experienced interviewers than most. But ultimately, you have to just make it very objective and be more thinking. I think what it probably does really makes the interview process or the decision-making process a little bit more about, is objectively this person the best person for the role? Do they actually meet the criteria? Rather than, yeah, I really like this person, therefore I feel warm towards them, therefore we should hire them. Mm. You know, I think being objective about it, we know which which one is the best way to make a, a good decision. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think you're much more likely to to build up, um, you know, a room full of people that, you know, think like you, share your values, have the same hobbies that you, and unfortunately look like you, if we go off that kind of gut feel rather than objectively is this is this person the right person for the role the best candidate that we've that we've had for the role and i think that's really easy to do on the the skill side of things but i'm sure there's people that i can find that would say phil i can't really test values and cultural fit virtually i'm never really a fan of the term culture fit anyway um, because don't necessarily think that's what you need to do. Um, I, I mean, I've been talking for years about culture ad as a concept and lots of other people, you know, been talking about the same thing. That I'm, when I'm interviewing, I'm consciously thinking about whether they're at, this person would actually add something rather than are they going to fit this exact shape that I have, but more, is there something cool here that we don't have or something that's quite interesting that might be a contrarian view that others might not hold in the organisation? Because... But for us, you know, and for, I guess, a lot of companies, growth companies, we're constantly looking to improve. So we're not really looking for someone that will just fit in. I'm, I'm looking for a bit of an outlier, so who might challenge the status quo. So therefore, that's 
kind of how I'm thinking in an interview as well, alongside the, so I'm looking for skill match, but then maybe slightly contrarian view or a culture add as a concept. Um, that's not to say though, that I think the most important thing is the sort of negative culture fit. I think that's probably more important than the positive culture fit. You definitely do need to figure out does this person have negative traits? So it depends on the organization, but, you know, broad stroke things like, are they not a team player, not taking responsibility for things, low attention to detail, narcissism, um, those kind of things are what I'm looking for. So if I can make sure, okay, well, I'm pretty sure that they're not a negative fit, and then I'm thinking add from there, from there onwards in the process. So I don't know how, I don't know whether you think that's right or not. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I'm, I'm really glad you said that. And I kind of asked that asked that question to kind of, I guess, poke and prod. And, and I, I definitely see as, uh, you know, culture add and then sort of culture destructive, I guess, is is the word that I would use. I think the, there are, the people we have to be really careful of are those that are going to, you know, pull at your 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 culture and 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 de- and destabilize it and and not be an additive uh benefit you know the a lot of the work that we did in in thinking about you know the title of this podcast which is the culture ops podcast is trying to get a better de- definition for understanding what culture is made up of yeah. and our model for that is you know you know very similar to what you're talking about in terms of culture ad which is that you know, culture isn't necessarily this thing that we can do anything about. What we can do is change the ingredients. We can we can change the things that we put in the mixing bowl that that bakes the bread, that creates the cake. And culture is the outcome. It's the the shared behaviors, the shared actions uh, from a group of people uh, working in a certain way. And so, for us, those ingredients are people. You know, that's the part that you. Um, take care of it's policy so what are the agreed do's and don'ts of the organization and then it's the process it's how the organization actually works how it stays aligned how it communicates you funnel all of that stuff together and that's what um that's what gives you creates for you uh your culture yeah agree. so you know there may there may be i don't know people out there on the one end of of the of the of the spectrum with the extreme viewpoint which is that maybe the days of us doing in-person interviews are over why is that not the case i think it might be a lot on the actual on the candidate side so so ultimately you know it's a person joining a group of other humans and i think that's that's a hard decision to make um so it's almost hard for the candidate to make the right decision i think then for the company so i think and obviously the interview process is about both sides getting comfortable so, you know, for the candidate joining a business, perhaps when they do have a lot of different options on the table, I think there is definitely something to be said about going to meet people in person, even if it's not going to the office in a formal interview setting. Maybe it could be, a, you know, a walk in the park or that kind of thing. I still think that has some value. Again, probably back to the you know, instinctive decision making of people in general. You know, ultimately we've evolved from sort of prehistoric man and we we evolved this ability to be able to decide who was a threat to us or who was friend and i think that that still is very true in human beings so i think that ultimately i think humans will prefer to meet in person to make decisions i, I believe um so i think that's why it won't go away 
But I think I think there is two periods. I think, like you were saying before, you know, I think there is this period probably up until Christmas where things are going to be different. Um, but then hopefully earlier next year, things will start to get back to normal or even more back to normal. Yeah. So, you know, we, we started this conversation by saying, you know, how do we hire if we can't meet in person? And, you know, the message that I'm hearing from you is there will be a place and a time for those in-person meetings. It will be candidate-led. It will be their decision uh, how appropriate that in-person it is. And it might be a lot later on in the process. But fundamentally, COVID-19 is going to shift two things in the long term. It's going to shift how we hire, the process we follow, the structure of that hiring process, and it's going to make us consider who we hire. Are we going for those... um, you know, those rock stars uh, or are we going for team cohesion and, and understanding team dynamics and how we can pull people together? I want to be an optimist, Phil, and I want to say that the the times of getting back to more regular hiring and more um, continuous hiring are around the corner. And so I guess I want to prepare people listening along with practical advice that they can start to use to think about what are the changes that they need to make to their hiring process to be better prepared when they're ready to start bringing people in in again to their business and so that's really really where I'd love to end is like what are the two or three practical bits of advice that you would suggest a business owner a founder a CEO a head of people head of HR can pick up and start thinking about and implementing tomorrow yeah, so I think so, so. I would say two two main things, um, and this is predominantly aimed at if you're having to do things over video. Um, so to my earlier point, I think prepare to hire biggest thing, and this, this holds true for all interviews. But making sure that you really, really understand what we're trying to achieve from the interview process, who is responsible for what, you know, who's asking which questions, what answers are we looking for, that kind of thing, and agreeing that upfront at the start of the process, so you know exactly what what each person's role is. I think that's really critical. I think that um, that will allow you to make objective decisions um, and will empower decision-making, I think, on uh, in a remote way on video. And then two, um, so what, and it's one of the things I've always been advocating for in, in interviews, but I think it's really, really important with video, is that you warm the interview up, you warm the room up first before you start to interview. So... I think when you jump onto a video, and especially if you've had lots of uh, video calls all day long, I think the temptation is just to kind of just jump in, okay, let's start, let's do it, rather than humanizing maybe the process. So making sure that you actually chat to people first, get them a bit warmed up, um, making people feel at ease. And that ultimately the reason for this is just to get better results. I really think that if you warm people up in an interview, you'll get better answers because people will lose some of the, the nerves and you, you want people to be as open as possible in an interview and just tell you the truth. And I think by warming them up, I think that's really important. Um, and I think one thing to bear in mind is maybe there is a preconception that it's easier to hire talent now um, because it's true, there have been a lot of great people um, laid off or furloughed recently, but there are actually a lot of companies still hiring. And I think making sure that you still follow a really good kind of candidate experience led interview process is really important because every touch point that the candidate has with the company is critically important. So if you just sort of jump onto a video call and go, right, start, tell me about this, tell me about that, you probably, well, you're not, you're not giving people a great experience and therefore that will make it harder 
um, when it actually comes to making an offer and closing the candidate at the end. So it's worth investing for both of those reasons, uh, really. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to reiterate, there are a lot of companies still hiring, I think, and, and a lot of those people are not dropping their salaries, uh, sort of salary guides, from what we've seen anyway. And a lot of good people are still rejecting offers out there. So actually, kind of weirdly, in some ways it's harder to hire now, not only because of the video interviewing, but I think also because in a normal market, you have people who are, there's a bunch of people who are actively looking and then there's a bunch of people who are sort of passively looking. Um, I think any of those people that are passively looking or were passively looking that are in stable companies right now, they're not looking for new roles. So the net candidate pool, I think, has decreased massively. Um, mm. So actually the market is weirdly a bit quite illiquid um, apart from the people who desperately need to find a job. So things like candidate experience are so critically important even now. Um, even more so a lot of the time because you don't really have the crutch of, hey, we've got a great office or um, how nice these people are that you meet when you come to reception. It's all the, all the interviewer's job. That's really the only impression that uh, candidates will have uh, of a company now. So those touch points are really critical. Yeah. I mean, there you go, right? Don't be lazy. Yeah. With your hiring, um, you know, if anything, it's going to be it's going to be harder. And and the two real key pieces of advice there, just to make sure we we round off nicely, make sure you've got that structure. What are the questions you're going to ask? Who's going to ask them? Really, what are you looking for from from the interview? And make sure you're really conscious about that experience and you're warming up the candidate. And it's not just you know an immediate video call. Hey, right, let me ask you some some questions. Um, good advice really useful advice and I'm sure I'm, I'm kind of listening to that thinking that there's some stuff that we need to do to adjust our hiring process so um, with that Phil I've got to say a big thank you uh, for joining us today thanks so much for for taking the time and for for giving us your wisdom thanks for coming yeah thanks for having me no worries uh, and as always uh, I've got to thank Mel behind the glass our expert producer for continuing uh, to help us keep this show moving each and every week to all of you listening along at home working on your uh, your daily exercise we really appreciate uh, you being with us and if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss do let us know i'm at gately on twitter we're at join charlie we look forward to seeing you again next week i've been ben branson gately your host and this has been the culture ops podcast